You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish Podcast. It's the Fulhamish Podcast, your independent voice of Fulham SC. Sammy here, hope you're good. Just a quick little message before today's podcast. And today's podcast is going to be uh, a recording of the Jack and Joe show, our most recent one, which is up on our YouTube channel. But occasionally we love to put the Jack and Joe show on the podcast uh, because we know there are people that listen to the podcast only and not our YouTube channel. However, if you do enjoy today's show, I thoroughly recommend you checking out our YouTube channel. There's loads of great content on there regularly. Uh, today, Jack and Joe are looking back at Fulham players in the World Cup and looking ahead to Fulham restarting in the Premier League on Boxing Day. Uh, the reason I've come on before them is just to do a twofold message. First of all, to say that the podcast is resuming as normal from next week. We'll be looking back at the West Ham friendly on Monday and all the other latest Fulham news. Uh, and then the Thursday club will be back on Thursday, self-explanatory, uh, with Jack and Peter looking ahead to that Palace game. The second reason for coming on before the podcast is to do a bit of shameless Christmas promotion. Um, if you're looking for a great Fulham gift, then please look no further than the Fulhamish shop. Uh, we sell uh, beautiful t-shirts and posters designed by the wonderful Jozo collection. Um, if you go to fulhamish.co uk forward slash shop you'll see them all there we've got uh, t-shirts and posters available in uh, a variety of different sizes uh, and we'd uh, hugely appreciate you uh, picking up one it all goes towards us running the podcast but also while i'm here i know that a couple of people would love me to promote their fulham related books first of all jack and loz you might have heard them on the podcast a few weeks ago They've got their new novel, Caught in Possession. Uh, if you like your novels Fulham-related, then definitely look no further. Uh, they're selling it on their website, jackandlaws.co.uk, or on Amazon. Also, David Lloyd from Two Fifth uh, has his uh, Two Fifth book, which looks back at the 30-year roller coaster journey of Fulham's favourite fanzine. I know that he's still got a few copies that he'd absolutely love to shift. So if you didn't pick one up a couple of years ago, uh, it's still as relevant as ever. Um, please head to twofifth.co.uk and buy David's book, $29.95 plus postage and packaging. Uh, I know that David really would love to get some coffees out of his loft. Um, and it, I've read it. I've read both books they're absolutely fantastic and a fantastic gift uh, for the Fulham fanatic in your life so I'm gonna cut the shameless promotion there and I'll leave you with the brilliant Jack and Joe enjoy here it is Jack and Joe show everybody's having fun look to the future because the Premier League's back on Boxing Day Joe Sansom how are you I love that well hi Jack yeah I'm good we were just saying before that it's been over a month since our last video, mm. um, feels like even longer to me. I don't know about you, Jack. I don't know about everyone watching. Maybe you were <laughs> happy to get a bit of respite from us. But um, I know that I personally was quite happy to have a bit of a break from from Fulham, knowing that it's back soon. Um, I wouldn't have felt like that if the World Cup wasn't on, of course. But um, I've enjoyed the break. But now I'm definitely ready, especially after the weekend's game, which I don't think we're going to talk about, um, mm. to, to get back onto pure 
Fulham talk and Premier League talk. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited to talk about it with you, Jack. Yeah, I'm excited to get back on the Fulham horse. I think this World Cup has actually been a real, real good test in club or country. And I don't like having that sort of discussion. Are you club or you country? Because it's different yeah. emotions uh, and it's different circumstances. But let's just say this, maybe because I was like working during the, the France game, but I've felt more upset about routine Fulham defeats than I did on Saturday night. And maybe that's because yeah. of the opposition, um, that the expectation of maybe winning the game or not. But uh, I think someone tweeted that they felt more upset that we lost in the last minute to Manchester City uh, than they did on the... And, I completely I agree. agree. I have to agree. And what I'd even say is I'm still at this moment in time more annoyed about Garnacho's goal <laughs> by about 10 times than I am about England going out to France, even though I was gutted. But that's mm. just the, the, the difference in level. And I know there's a lot of people that disagree. Mm. Um, and I do wonder sometimes if those that disagree, it depends on what sort of club you follow. Like if you follow a club, um, and I'm not dissing on anyone for who they support, but let's say support a club that wins more, um, maybe it is a bit different following in England, but when you're a club like Fulham and it's maybe a bit more of a community club rather than a global superpower or something like that, even though, you know, we're getting there, let's face it, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, then maybe it is slightly different, the feelings that you get and the difference that it can make to your day-to-day life. But for me personally, that there's, there's no comparison. Yeah, I just wonder like, if we were to lose in the last minute or miss a last-minute penalty against Crystal Palace on Boxing Day... <laughs> I think the emotions will be heightened. Um, yeah. But we'll, we'll come on to Palace next week. This week, we're just going to sort of touch base on, on what's been going on around Fulham in the last you know, two, three weeks during the World Cup. We've had a lot of players at the World Cup. All of them now are out, which I suppose is good. Yeah. Because I was really banging the Serbia drum and I really wanted them to get far. But actually, it was... Uh, you know, you've got the best of both worlds. You either saw Mitrovic get far in the tournament with Serbia or you see him go out and rest up for the Premier League. And, you know, in hindsight, perhaps that's probably more important given what he brings to Fulham. Um, but Jao Pelini didn't get the minutes we really wanted. But again, that's quite good. He didn't get injured or anything. Um, but I have to say the standouts were surely Anthony Robinson and, and, and of course, Tim Ream. Unbelievable. Yeah, 100%. And that game that we had... England against the USA I remember speaking to my dad before it kicked off and thinking you know obviously I want England to beat the USA and I want them to beat them quite comfortably but I just have this weird thing where I just don't want those two players to have been responsible for any of the goals mm-hmm. um, and it was the opposite the opposite happened they absolutely shut up shop uh, absolutely locked off the right hand side of England's attack which was I think Bukayo Saka and Trippier for the majority of the game um, and well done to them. Like they had a great World Cup. They defied my expectations. They were much better than I expected them to be. I wasn't sure they'd get out the group. They did that in the end without conceding a goal from open play, which is a, in, incredible. Um, you have to look at some of the opposition we faced, such as Wales, where maybe it's slightly easier. And we'll come on to talk about some of the Fulham players that played for them, unfortunately, at this World Cup. But yeah, I think the main thing for me was that we came back with no injuries, like regardless of how anyone did. Um, you know, the majority of our players went out in the groups. Uh, as you said, for me, the biggest positive for sure was Jao Polina. Actually, this sounds horrible and it sounds really selfish, but not getting minutes. And by that, I literally mean he wasn't on a showcase to the world. Yeah, it was, because yeah. when he, like, he was involved. He did come on. He did put in some tackles. I think he came on with the last 10 minutes against Ghana and ended the match with the highest amount of tackles, which is just very funny. Mm. Um, but we didn't 
show him off to the world. And I was a bit nervous about that from a selfish Fulham point of view. Aside from that, Mitrovic, I know they came bottom of the group. He's still got two goals. Very happy to see that. And his yeah. second goal in particular, the equaliser against Switzerland, was a, I think, oh, vintage Mitro header. So good, wasn't it? Just yeah. fantastic. Um, I think on a slightly more negative note, we should talk about the Wales boys from Fulham, Jack. What, what did you make of that? I mean, Wilson was far more involved than Dan James. Dan James did start the first game. That was USA. Right, that was the opening so game. He got taken off at half time and replaced by Kiefer Moore, and then they, they stuck with him. You know, obviously, Dan James is not a striker, as we know. Um, Kiefer Moore, I don't know why he wasn't starting for them, to be completely honest. But um, mm. yeah, what do you make of him and um, Harry Wilson? So, obviously, the tactic for Wales was to, or for Rob Page, was to um, go for pace up top. It didn't work against USA. They basically couldn't get out of their own half, first half, really. And, Obviously, bring on Kiefer Moore gives you a different dynamic. You can then hold up the play, bring other players into it, even put Dan James wider so he can sort of run in off the right or run in off the left and, and add that bit of pace up top. Um, but obviously, you've got Gareth Bale and um, Aaron Ramsey. Who I, I, th- I just thought Wales were really poor in the whole World Cup, really. And I don't think that's down to Dan James. That's down to Harry Wilson. I thought as a collective, they were below par. They only scored... How many goals they scored? One. And it was a penalty. One. Yeah. Yeah. The foul was from Zimmerman, not Ream. Yeah, um, yeah, a, a poor showing, but that won't define Harry Wilson and Dan James's players. We've already seen from them this season. Dan James scored in our last Premier League game, didn't he, against Manchester United? Harry Wilson won the penalty at Manchester City's. Has Wilson scored this season? Yeah, I don't think he has. No, no, he hasn't. Um, but, but again, like you know, he's been injured for for quite a, a period of time. So disappointing for them on, a, on an international scale, and obviously for Wales and didn't go well for them at all. And we benefited from it, of course, as England, you know, with Nisan Scabano out injured and Solomon coming back in, they're still going to have their places in the squad. And I'm looking forward to still watching them this season. Dan James, obviously only a loan and we could, there are talks of terminating some loans in January. I reckon we can get onto it. The likes of um, Duffy, but I don't think Dan James is, is going to be, be going back to Ellen Road in, in January. I think that's going to be um, him for the full season. And he's a big asset for him. He's, he's a, he's a big, impact player and from the start he wasn't great against I remember he wasn't great against Newcastle but when he came off the bench against Forest he was okay and he scored a course against Manchester United like I said so disappointing for them and disappointing for Mitrovic as well for not getting through disappointing for Pelinia to not get the minutes he would have wanted when all the Portuguese fans were basically craving for him to, to play more of a part um, and I think you know obviously like we said Robinson and Ream have come off looking well, I mean, Robinson in the in the Netherlands game maybe was at fault for the third goal, but apart from that, I don't think he put a foot wrong. Yeah. And now we can sort of go on to the conversation that's not dominating the headlines as, as such, but Newcastle and Inter Milan and AC Milan are, are, are wanting Anthony Robinson. And this is now, I'd say now we've got oh, almost four or five or six key assets who are, who are worth a lot of money now, would you say? Yeah, definitely. And he's quite near the top of the list. If it was... Last January, you know, and someone like that came sniffing in. I'm sure we'd have come on this show and been like, yeah, yeah, it's a decent price. Let's sell. At that point, there wasn't too much between him and Joe Bryan in most people's eyes. Now, there's a few that have always stuck one side or the other um, on Twitter and elsewhere. Um, I think that the thing with Robinson is we can't afford to sell any of our key players in January, regardless of fee, I would say. I would say that Premier League survival is the most important thing. And, you know, I don't think that if we do stay up, Robinson is going to suddenly lose a lot of value between January and the summer. The only difference will be 
um, the length of contract when he'll still, I think, have one year left. Um, but I think that we have to realise that he's a player that was wanted by AC Milan before and would have gone there had it not been for the um, the tests that were done on his heart during the medical and came out negatively. Mm. Um, we got an amazing deal getting him from Wigan, um, a deal which we wouldn't have been able to do in normal circumstances where we actually overpaid at £2 million to try and help them out slightly. Because um, they were in administration at the time, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, exactly. So they had to sell uh, not just him, loads of their players, uh, their whole squad was just cut apart on that day when we didn't quite go up and they went down in the 1-1 draw, if you remember. Um, mm. he, he's an asset that I think, you know, if we don't tie him down to a a new contract at some point, we have to face the music that he's he's going to have to go. I don't want that to happen. I want us to tie him down because I think he's shown for Fulham and for USA that defensively as a fullback, he's very, very strong. And those were some of the question marks we had last year when... We didn't have to defend as much, so it was more, can he do it going forward? And he, he couldn't consistently in the championship. Um, but he's gone up a level this this season, and I don't want to lose him. But we have to start the question of, how much would it take for you to sell Jack? Because for me, I'm not picking up the phone due to age, due to experience, and due to the fact that we don't need to sell for anything less than £30 million. I'm not picking up the phone. I don't want to sell him in January. Yeah, yeah. Whether clubs come in and bid for him in the month of January, I think we should completely reject everything that comes their way, even if they offer. Well, I mean, if they were to offer over fifty, maybe you'd consider it. Yeah. But um, January is going to be very interesting, and I think that Robinson has really improved. He's come on leaps and bounds in this season, and from the vantage point I've had at Craven Cottage at some games this season, to watch him down the left hand side has been utterly unbelievable. His pace is ridiculous. And his link-up with Cabano, albeit now he's injured, um, was really good, telepathic almost because of last season as well. And I've really enjoyed watching uh, Anthony Robinson. And and you, you you think about names on the team sheet, I'd probably go Paulinho first, Mitrovic second, and I'd have to say Robinson third. He's so key for us. And when he yeah. got injured against Spurs and brought on Mbappé, who had to play left-back, we really did uh, fall apart. And, you know, the first goal was was at fault for from that left-hand side because of Mbappé playing around at the back. So... Yeah, mightily impressed with 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 Robinson, and uh, um, now he is worth a lot of money. And um, there's a lot of players now that we can sort of look, at, even like Tosin, who is not getting the loads of minutes this season, but he's got to be worth more than we paid for. Yeah. And that's someone we need to tie down to a new contract. But a lot of people are saying maybe we don't need to tie him down to a new contract, sell him, and and reinvest elsewhere. But I'm sure that's an argument we can come to at a later stage. Um, what about incomings in January? Well, yeah, and this, again, does link to a potential outgoing, although I don't think permanently, but the other side of fullback, the right-back position, you've obviously got Tete, who's um, back from injury and now back from suspension going into the yeah. Palace game when you have the one-match ban for picking up five yellows. He'll be our first-choice right-back whenever he's fit, I'm sure. Um Kevin Mbabu was brought in to be back up. And in that Man United game, we again had another situation where um, Bobby Reed was back, available after suspension if we cast our minds back. And me and you were debating, should Mbabu play at right back? Um, and I think the consensus we ended up saying was, yeah, let's give him a go. Because at this point, you know, we need to have someone up front. We need to have Bobby Reed back up front when we were missing Mitrovic due to injury. 
mm. um, because we were missing uh, Cabano and Solomon due to injury. We thought that we needed him back up there. And we're thinking, you know, how bad can Mbabu be in training that there's a winger playing ahead of him there? The answer must be he must be quite bad in training or he just doesn't agree with Marco Silva or vice versa. They just don't get on. Either which is disappointing and points towards a transfer not working so far, which is really, really disappointing. Yeah. Um, I think that the signs are there with the rumours that we've had. Cedric Suarez being one from Arsenal. There's a few names doing the doing the rounds online with not too much traction, but enough that you can see that we're putting feelers out there for players. Mm. Um, Wan Bissaka was one that was half mentioned a couple of weeks ago, mm. even in January. Um, I think it suggests that we're potentially looking at the the the, the way out for Mbappé, perhaps on loan, as we've only just got him. But mm. we're, we're clearly out for a centre mid and a right back, I'd say, Jack. I don't know if you want to add on any other positions that you feel we're in for. No, I don't think that... Um, I don't think there's any need to sort of add anything in the wide areas up front. And the number 10, I think we've got that sort of on sorted, really. Um, if Duffy goes, there could be a question of getting another centre-back, perhaps on yeah. loan, fill that loan spot. Um, but right now, I think Josh Onomar is is, is uh, taking interest from Rangers. And I think that could be something that could go through. Obviously, he missed out on West Brom on, the, on uh, deadline day. But I would be... If someone said to me... On February first, I say, "Oh, I'm I'm now in February first. You've signed two players, and you've you've got rid of a bit of Deadwood yep. in January. I'd be more than happy with that, as long as they're the positions yep. that we want: right back and centre back. Uh, sorry, centre mid. Um, yeah, I remember on deadline day we were sort of we were really gunning for another centre mid. It never really yeah. materialised. So um, we shall see what happens. There was also that youngster from. Um, or a player from Sao Paulo, I think, that was linked. Oh, yeah, uh, like name. Uh, Maya, I think. Maya, that was, yeah. yeah. Um, that looks fairly quiet now. But again, again, this is, you know, I'm sure once we hit January and obviously we're you know a couple of weeks off that now, for now, we'll, they'll start ramping up. But I do think Mbappé will probably move on on loan if we do bring in the likes of Suarez. I would like Swedrick Suarez. I think that would yeah. be a good signing. Um, Karlsdorp obviously got linked today and oh, yesterday and um, Wampaseka I mean options I think Wampaseka will probably end up at Crystal Palace yeah probably just because of the history and stuff but the, the narrative of the Barclays he's got to end up back there hasn't he that's just how it goes wonder what happens to um, Rodrigo Munez as well will he get his loan cut short it's 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 not working out for him um, at Middlesbrough since Michael Carrick's come in he's he's gone with um, is it Chubac yeah, yeah. Who's scored again at the weekend? So um, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting one. I, I don't think there's going to be an element of panic to our business. If if it is only two targets, we could get that done relatively quickly. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm fairly happy with the way the, the squad's looking at the moment. I'm really excited to see Fulham play again. Yeah, because let's think about this now. We've lost two games in a row, albeit to Manchester United and Manchester City, uh, but we only sit six points above the relegation zone. Yeah, and that is a bit of a worry, and that's because yeah. of Forest being on thirteen points. Of course, they got that win over Liverpool quite recently, and Wolves are still on ten points, and they're almost cut adrift. But it's not panic stations. But the, the fixtures we've got coming up: Palace, Saints, Leicester, Newcastle, Chelsea away and home, floating in there as well. We need to do. We do need to pick up points. You know, right from the off. Yeah, hundred percent. And um, I think it's quite a nice two-game 
intro. I think Leicester away is going to be tougher than I expected at this stage because yeah, yeah. they've had a bit of like a renaissance. What, what do you call it? Renaissance. Yeah, nice word. Um, <laughs> I think that um, the Palace away game is going to be very tricky and one that we'll talk about it in more detail next week. But I will always take a point away from home. Mm. Um, but that Southampton at home game, I know they've got Nathan Jones and he's only had one game in charge so far. Um, and he's had the whole um, World Cup period to work with the new players and you know really sort of cement his ideas before they play again. Um, it's a game that we have to win. And mm. you know that six-point gap can go very quickly. It can also be extended very quickly is the way I'm trying to look at it. Six points, I think, is a bigger gap when you're at the bottom of the table because people are picking up points slower. Going on that basis right now, it would take Forrest, for example, half the season to make up that gap on us, just based on form so far, if we continue mm. that way. So, um, yeah, I'm nervous for Fulham to come back because we've had such a good start to the season. And even those two defeats, um, we played so well against United in particular. Um, mm. Without Mitro as well. Without Mitro, without, without Tete, without Harrison Reed, You know, we were missing mm. some big hitters that day and they're all back. Um, or at least we hope they're all back. We don't know if anything's you know, happened behind closed doors. Um, really excited to see Fulham play again. Really excited that it's two games very close together as well. Um, yeah. well three games very close together, um, mm. if you include the Leicester one, and a real chance to rack up some points. Um, and yeah, super excited for Fulham to be back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Just a couple of things before, before, we, um, before we wrap up. <laughs> the FA Cup third round draw was oh, something yeah. of a upsetting evening. Um, <laughs> whole city away. I mean, if there's any motivation to do that, it's I'm gonna have to try and find it somehow. But um, that is that's a tough one to take. One of the worst ones you can get, really. First weekend in January. I've got to say, guys, I'm not. I'm, I'm not feeling it. I'm not, I'm not going to be there for that one. But wouldn't it be great to have a cup run? Um, mm. I do fantastic. think we could have a cup run. I always think we're going to have a cup run. There. That's the problem. I thought we were going to beat Crawley and go all the way and yeah. miss the Carabao. But I, I think I think the Carabao is a bit different to the FA Cup. I think Marco Silva will, will play a an almost full strength team, second string, yeah. full strength team for the whole game. I think we will win, even though Liam Rossini has sort of got them a little bit more organised. They got the point at Watford the other night. That was a good result for them. Um, but I do think we'll win the game. Um, there is a lot uh, of Fulham rings actually there, isn't there? Like you say about yeah. Rossini. Terry. Terry and Christie. Both starting Christie, at the moment, yeah. yeah. And Rossini, obviously, um, that will be that will be interesting. I, I might go. I'm not sure yet. Um, <laughs> it might be a last minute decision. And also, Manuel Solomon back in full training. This is this is something we've been waiting for since you know Liverpool at home. Really, when we when we first saw him on the, on the pitch, he uh, got the assist for the penalty. Um, of course, that Mitro tucked away. Um, great to see. It's like a new signing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's great news, especially yeah. because of the Cabano news. We had a few months ago now I guess it was um or last month whenever it was it's, it is a new signing you know we've seen him for I think it was like 20 minutes against Liverpool wasn't it it was really really minor cameo when mm. he did well and he looked exciting so buzzing to see him back I mean I would expect and we'll talk about like our team news or team predictions for Palace next week but um 
I think the front three is almost locked in in terms of I think that Mitrovic, if he's fit, he'll start. And Willian, if he's fit, he'll start. Mm-hmm. And then the other place is the one that's up for debate. And Willian could obviously shift across to the right-hand side. So I think it's a case of, will it be Bobby Reed? Will it be Wilson? Will it be Dan James? And now, will that third player be Manuel Solomon? And we've got four good options there, which mm-hmm. could all fill in. I mean, I have my order of who I'd rank mm-hmm. top to bottom. And I don't know quite where Solomon will fit into that in a couple of weeks' time because I haven't seen enough. No. Right now, he's probably behind Bobby Reed and uh, roundabout level with Wilson in terms of who I'd like to see star and just ahead of Dan James, uh, based on what I've seen so far. What do you think? But the good thing about that is, is like you say, we've got three games in a very short space of time. There will be rotation. Yeah. He will get minutes and then yeah. we can sort of assess him from there. And, you know, even if he plays in the whole game in the FA Cup, I mean, that's... Well, exactly. Like that, that whole game is a great opportunity for not just him, but uh, all the fringe players to almost have one last chance before, I mean, the window will be open by then. Mm. Um, you know, for example, a Josh Onima, someone like that, proving that they should stick around. Even Night Kevin Babu, maybe, maybe he'll get the... Yeah, could you imagine? Odd, you know. And Babu Hattrick and... <laughs> And a clean sheet. <laughs> Suddenly, the, the I, I would changes. love to see it. I would love to see it. Yeah, I, I was actually going to mention this earlier when you were talking about Mbappé and the way it's, it's gone. I can't think of many Marco Silva signings that have been that haven't worked out. Yeah, I, I mean Mbappé and maybe Muniz, I suppose maybe, but Muniz I mean, helped us get up. Muniz until now, I think you can put under the. This might sound harsh, the underwhelming folder, just because mm. I think we were expecting him to be more involved in everything last year. It was so difficult for him, so I think that's why, you know, you're not going to get ahead of Mitrovic in that form. He did well. I think he scored, you know, five goals or something like that in not very many minutes. Mm. Um, but I think it's underwhelming just in terms of he's now gone on loan to Middlesbrough, as you say, and he can't even force his way into the starting lineup at the moment, and that is a bit of a worry. Mm. I still hope he can turn it around, of course. But um, mm. yeah, I, I, I would love to have uh, Mbabu, Renaissance. Um, yeah. Honestly. But at the moment, I can't see it happening purely because he's not getting in the team. Mm. Um, and at times, he's not even getting on the bench. And that is a, it's a big, big worry, especially when you've got someone as injury prone as Kenny Tete ahead of you. We're lucky to have such quality in Anthony Robinson, but there is, you know, Live Akazoa, who's. Cause a bit of controversy on Twitter. This, uh, I'm, I'm not going to get into that. That's yeah. That's that was ridiculous. Um, but but he can knock on that door and and maybe you know start that whole game and hopefully um, get some minutes under his belt. But it, we are lucky to have a very good right uh, left back in, in Anthony Robinson. Joe, I think is there anything more to touch on? I, I think we're done. I, th- I, th- I think we're there. I think we're there. Um, we had a friendly the other day that was you know, behind closed doors. And if you look at Tom Kearney's interview, I wouldn't pay too much attention to it because the opposition's manager was refereeing the game. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, which is just very funny. Um, yeah. But this uh, Saturday, we are playing against West Ham. Um, I'm not actually making it to the game myself, but for anyone that is, enjoy mm. it. Hopefully you can see Manuel Solomon have some involvement at least. Oh, yes, Maybe yes, a few yes. of the other players um, mm. uh, that we haven't seen as much of. Um, and yeah, we'll speak about it next week, Jack, and then look ahead to finally the return of Fulham against Crystal Palace. Yeah, really excited for Palace away. I know it's obviously train strikes and, and actually a lot of the away games that are coming up are going to be affected by the train strikes. You know, whatever opinion you have on, on, on you know, RMT and whatever, um, we'll, we'll keep that to ourselves. But it's difficult. But then again, you know, you can understand everything that's going yeah. on in the country right now. So uh, I don't really have much more to say about that. Um, Newcastle away is coming up. That's going to be great. Um, but also going to be tough, you know, tough game. A team we lost 4-1 to yeah. earlier in the season. 
I keep looking back and Joe, we've only lost how many games this season? Six. Six. Four to the top four. No, five of them against top opposition. One of the, yeah. uh, West Ham are top opposition, yeah. but one of them to, to West Ham and the rest. I of feel the, like yeah, every was... single one of them, and I know maybe most teams feel this, you can caveat with something. Yeah. Because, you know, the Arsenal defeat, late, unfortunate goal to concede. The Tottenham one, you know, we were probably actually outplayed on the day. We still could have scraped a draw. We had a couple yeah. of great Mitrovic chances. West Ham, we don't need to go into. We know what happened that day. We know what happened. Newcastle, might we have lost that game? Very, we, very possibly, very probably, in all honesty. They were a very good side. But the whole yeah. game has an asterisk by it because of Natty Chatter's yeah. <laughs> uh, rush of blood to the head uh, and then rush of boot to the shin or whatever it was. Um, oh, God. And then the United and City ones, you know, that they they were both gutting on another oh, day. Yeah. We, d- we don't lose either of them. On another day, we beat United, I'd say. Um, and get the draw at City that I think that was merited by how many chances we limited them to, even though they had 10 men. Um, and because of that, Jack, it makes me feel a bit more optimistic because I yeah. think, you know, there's other times we maybe haven't played as well. I think of Wolves away. I think of Bournemouth at home. Mm. Um, we still didn't lose the games. And yeah. I think that we just need to keep the points ticking over win every now and again. I mean, we've already won, what, five games this season, is it? Yeah, five. Um, we only won five last time out in the total of the season. So we only need to win five more and draw five more. Is that it? I can't remember how many oh, we we've drawn this season. Then. We, we need to, we need 40, to get to 40 to be safe. Um, so that'd be five more wins and however many more draws to make it 10. I can't think of the top of my head. It's doable. It's doable, yeah, especially if you look really at the fixtures we've got left remaining and we can give ourselves a big boost with these Palace and um, uh, Southampton games. If we, if we were to get six points from those two games, we'd be dancing on the ceiling, honestly. It'd be unbelievable. Um, dancing be on great. the moon. Dancing in the <laughs> tune light, you might say. In this very room when we, we recorded that video, I seem to remember um, we're not going to do that again. That was, no, that was we're, not, fun, we're not going to do that. Um, uh, There's one more thing I was going to say. Um, obviously... We've had a hiatus in, in this season. Teams are going to come back in very, very different shapes and, and form. Like, there is an argument to say that, you know, Paulinho might not play or Mitrovic might not play for a while because they need a break. But at the end of the day, I mean, do they do they need a break? Do, I, I would I would be annoyed if they weren't involved. But um, I, can I mean, Mitrovic has already had a break because they got knocked out quite early. And then Paulinho, obviously, he's still been training every day, but he hasn't played that much. Yeah. He's, so yeah I, so. I, I think they should be okay. Then. Yeah, I'd be very I, worried. For example, if we had someone in the final or something like that, yeah, which we don't, then, you, yeah. then yeah, then I think you're looking at they are probably going to take a break. So that's another thing to think of. You know, maybe not necessarily the Palace game because I can't think off the top of my head. Are there any internationals that we're going to come up against that will have played in the semi-finals in the final? I don't think there actually are. But for Andre other teams that will, <laughs> yeah, Andre, he's, he's back and he's probably not very popular. After that, oh god, yeah. What uh, about who's suspended for Palace? That's uh, on Boxing Day. That's a big. Oh, one. Gwehi. I I, I, yeah. I always don't know if I'm pronouncing that name right. Uh, Gwehi. Gwehi. Um, and that's a big that's a big blow for them because that's their centre back partnership with him and Joachim Anderson. Um, mm. so he might I not be ready. Of <laughs> the Denmark got knocked out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I that's, think uh, that. 
I think that that is a big confidence boost for us, especially if we have Mitrovic back up front. That would just be the dream. Um, you know, the backup, which I think is perhaps James Tompkins. James Tompkins, um, yeah. I'd like to see Mitrovic up against him, I must say. Or was it Chris Richards? I don't think he's even featured for Paris. Oh, yeah, the, the American guy, right? Yeah, I don't yeah. think he's played for them. Well, That's I mean... All. It's all very exciting, and, and we'll, we'll talk more Palace Fulham next week. I think, yeah, I think it's nice to be back and talking Fulham again, and, and we've got something to look forward to in terms of Premier League football. And it's going to come thick and fast, of course. Three games, like you say, in a very short space of time. Then the FA Cup, and then you know we've got Chelsea at home, Chelsea away on a Friday night. We didn't even mention that. That's insane. Oh, that's going to be good. Yeah, that is going to be good. Very, very tasty indeed. And um, given you know what happened, I mean, last week Chelsea away and the graffiti and everything that was fantastic. Yeah. Best day ever, um, but the loss. <laughs> yeah, until the football started, it was great. <laughs> it was good fun. Um, we actually walked all the way from the Golden Line to the bridge, and it was a, it was a good fun, good walk. But yeah, we, we we've been rambling on as we usually do. It's it's no change here. The Jack and Joe Show HQ. Um, Joe, thanks so much for being here. Thanks a lot, Jack. Thanks everyone for watching. Uh, hope you're managing to stay warm. Hope you've enjoyed the World Cup, and speak. See you next week. Come on, Fulham. We'll see you then. <laughs>